0: what is up what is going on everybody every other week of this podcast i would tell pappy drew to go back to his shanty, but not this week not this time he is more than welcome to join us in this conversation on the other side of the song Welcome back, everyone, to another new episode of the Three Cool. As always, I'm one of your three co-hosts, Ethan Klein. Here with me, Mike Duranic and Brad Miller, gentlemen. How are we doing this evening?
1: Hey, hey, doing great. Ready to talk some Happy Gilmore?
2: Uh, I am. I'm ecstatic, Ethan. Uh, this is uh, probably in in a close race for one of the two movies I've seen the most in my life. So very excited to to discuss it with you guys and just uh, just tap, tap, uh, tap it in
0: 25 times
2: significantly north of that. I don't even <laughs> want to begin to, uh, to guess, but, uh, it, it would make, it would make your, your red eye fetish look, uh, a little <laughs> amateur.
0: <laughs> well, before we get too far into our fetishes, uh, <laughs> it did seem like a good segue into my normal question. Uh, of course we are talking, about the Adam Sandler 1996 comedy Happy Gilmore. It was Mike's pick for the month of February. So uh, I'll just ask the question I always do, guys. What was your first experience with Happy Gilmore? Was it in the theaters in 1996, as I'm assuming it probably was for the two of you? Um, and if it wasn't somehow, what was it? And uh, just what did you bring into this rewatch for the podcast?
1: I've been racking my brain trying to figure out the first time I saw it. Um, I very distinctly remember watching the water boy in theater. Um, but I don't know about happy Gilmore. I'm going to guess that I did. Um, but obviously that was uh, well, when this was about 96, I would have been 15 years old because um, I wouldn't have had my 16th birthday yet that year. So I wouldn't have been driving and I can't imagine. I asked my parents to take me to this. So, yeah, I, I'm not sure um, if I saw it in the theater or not, but uh, definitely probably close to 25 times seeing it, if not more, but uh, I really have no idea.
2: Yeah, and I can say pretty safely, I did not see this in the theater. Uh, I think that this falls into that mid-90s uh, range that we have talked about a number of times in this podcast where um, my brother's job at Blockbuster coupled with his VHS collection that came out of that uh, and my VHS player uh, got me uh, acclimated with Happy Gilmore early on. It quickly became uh, a state of uh, you know get-togethers with my friends uh, through the years. Uh, the VHS uh, eventually gave way to my own copy of a Happy Gilmore VHS. And then, of course, to the trusty DVD that I busted out for this rewatch. Uh,
0: yeah, my experience, I, I do not remember distinctly the first time I saw this movie. Um, it was not in theaters as a not even one year old. Um, I mean, I guess if it was, I don't remember. But um, I do remember there just being a run of kind of just finding adam sandler on my own um not something that uh was really a staple in my household growing up like my parents weren't like huge adam sandler fans but then it was just kind of and i don't remember what the order was but you know i saw this and then like oh Waterboy and billy madison and all this stuff like these are hilarious and i was actually just looking through i i'm pretty confident in saying i've only ever seen one adam sandler movie in theaters I've seen a majority of his filmography, um, but I think I've actually only sat down in the theater for one Adam Sandler movie, uh, which was pretty wild just as I scanned through this. And we'll get into that a little bit. Brad, you had a chuckle at me and my uh, relationship with Adam Sandler. I'm curious why. Uh, I
1: was just picturing little Ethan um, doing some... uh debauchery in, in his room by himself and uh, it, calling it discovering adam sandler on his own um when you said that that's where my uh, my sick brain went so uh yeah um so i guess that was a weird euphemism that uh that snuck in there so uh i hope you're not still finding adam sandler on your own <clears throat>
0: um yeah well <laughs> I've never heard it called that, but I'm glad that we now can say that. Um, Let's move on before this gets too traumatic for anyone. Um, (laughs) We we can just keep talking about any discoveries we've made about Adam Sandler. Um, He is, of course, the star of the show here. And this really, you know, being in terms of his films, this era really his peak, you know, that mid to late 90s uh where seemingly everything he put out turned to gold um and i'm curious for you guys because like i said for me in my age like obviously i didn't see this and waterboy and billy madison big daddy things like that in the theaters my my memory of his like theater run or things that got popular is more like grown ups and just go with it and 51st dates and kind of that next step in his career so i'm curious where you guys are at with Adam Sandler, have you always been just massive Adam Sandler fans for where you grew up? Are you middle of the road, but you love this movie? Just like overall, what, what is your opinion of him, his whole career? And now, like if Adam Sandler puts out a new movie, are you still excited or has that ship kind of sailed?
1: So for me, starting in about, uh, 93, uh, with Coneheads, Uh, And then uh, airheads uh, in 94. Uh, Obviously, that stretch also includes Saturday Night Live. uh, But then really going through probably about 99, um, he was just, you know, on top of his game. Those things were uh, um, really, really – I'll give it three real. He's really good. Um, And then you have things like uh, little Nicky. Um, you know, punch drunk love, uh, you know, there's just different things like that that uh, um, and of um, then he comes back with uh, Mr. Deeds, which was decent, um, and the anger management, which was entertaining, but then there's a stretch there where um, you know, you got a couple sprinkled in with 51st Dates and Longest Yard, which were you know, you know, they're they're watchable. Um, but then he had a long stretch there where I just was not really a fan. I think recently, uh, he's had a little bit of, uh, uh, a comeback. I think that, uh, um, he's had some entertaining stuff recently, more specifically, my favorite thing he's put out the last few years is probably, uh, the Netflix special he did, uh, where all of his comedy was, uh, via song. I really enjoyed that, but, um, He's not must see for me anymore, um, but I do I do enjoy a good Adam Sandler flick every now and again.
2: So when I think of Adam Sandler, I mean I, I immediately go to this movie and then Billy Madison as the the number two, right? So in my mind, he'll be forever that that man boy uh, of of that era, uh, which is I think what makes it so jarring to see him in some of the the movies more recently where. Um, you know, he probably looks better at like 55. I think he is than I will at 55, but still you can tell that he, he's not, you know, the, the uh, the child of, of the mid nineties, like he was, um, Brad was a little bit probably more, uh, in favor of some of those movies, uh, coming out of this stretch out of 96. He was really hit or miss for me through that era. Some of them I can watch some of them. I'm like, yeah, I've got no interest in, uh, I, I have actually enjoyed some of his movies um, and I'm thinking through like some of his more uh, attempts at dramatic performances more than I thought that I would. I, I didn't think, uh, you know, that he was all that bad a- at all in, in Spanglish. Um, I actually did enjoy him in rain or over, over me um, with Don Cheadle and, that sort of stuff got me thinking, well, there's a possibility that he could have kind of a career turn. Right. And I think uh, funny people was another attempt at that, but that one didn't land as well. And certainly not with the hype in my mind with it being connected with Apatow. Uh, I have not seen him in uh, the, the most recent one that got all of the um, accolades kind of mentioned about a, p- a potential kind of award winning type thing. I think that was uncut gems. Right. Um, and so I think what that tells me is this, I have such a complicated relationship with Adam Sandler because in my mind, like, you know, these movies are such an iconic part of my childhood um, that I keep on wanting him to be more than he is. And maybe he's just really solid at delivering movies that are entertaining that I can watch. Um, But it always feels like there could be something more there. Like he's probably a bit more talented than he's allowed himself to get cast as. And, uh, you know, certainly, no shame in that. I mean, he took the Netflix money and ran and kudos to him.
0: Yeah. Complicated relationship, I think is a really good way to phrase it because I'm kind of in that same boat for some different reasons. He almost, these, these movies that peaked that obviously I didn't see in theaters and none of my generation really did. They still had enough life in the early two thousands that I still consider them iconic to my generation because it was kind of the gap that bridged that time and space for me, really, before like Will Ferrell popped off. There's that early 2000s before Talladega Nights, before Step Rose, before all that, where these movies still had enough legs that I, I, I mean, I can quote Happy Gilmore. I can quote Billy Madison, Waterboy all day long. I still enjoyed Big Daddy before it just kind of starts to get wonky. Um, which we also talked about with Will Ferrell's career, right? Like, and you know, both from Saturday Night Live, had the peak, had the fall. Like, you start getting into the little Nickies. I'm not a fan of Punch Drunk Love, but that has a lot more to do with the director that I I don't really enjoy either. Um, And it just kind of starts to fall apart. I think the interesting thing is what you mentioned, Mike. He does have that dramatic ability. Uh, I completely agree with you. I think Rain Over Me is a really good movie that not a lot of people have seen. He's amazing in uncut gems, the movie itself, not really. I I didn't love the movie as much as everybody else, but I will definitely stand on the hill that he got robbed. Uh, I pulled it up and that was the year. Joaquin Phoenix won for Joker. Nobody was beating him. That's fine. Um, But some of the other nominees, Leonardo DiCaprio and once upon a time in Hollywood, I Did not like that movie at all and i don't think he was the strongest part of not a great well-acted film overall to begin with like adam sandler should have been nominated and wasn't probably because of the stigma of we're not going to put the water boy up there with joaquin phoenix most likely but he he does have that gear when he wants to but like you mentioned once he became a netflix guy it went downhill pretty quick I, I I can still stand um that 2010s era like just go with it uh, grown up stuff like that. they're fun. They've got their moments and they're perfect like TBS TNT catch it you know when it's on for the funny moments. but once he starts coming out with the the Netflix stuff i, I, I I'm out. Um, so anything he puts out, at this point, it's got to be a uncut gems. Like, hey, Adam Sandler's doing the dramatic thing again. Let's see what this does. I'm not watching QB Halloween. Not, not going to do it for me. Um, maybe it still does it for other people. But we don't need to talk about the downfalls. We are here to talk about one of the peaks, and that is Happy Go More. And there's other people that were in it with him. Uh, someone who undeniably... Uh, this movie is where I go to when I think of them as Christopher McDonald. Uh, I, I know, you know, he's been another thing as a kid. Like I remember watching the flubber with Robin Williams and he was uh, the antagonist in that. Um, but that's about it. I mean, it is Shooter McGavin. This guy, I mean, he still tweets as Shooter McGavin. He he knows where his bread and butter is. And uh, I don't know if from that era you guys have anything else to say about him, but he his career begins and ends with this movie for me, and I think that's okay.
1: Yeah, I I agree that you know he is Shooter McGavin, and uh, I will say watching it this time, I appreciated his role in this movie probably more so than I. Um, really stood out how well he played that part. Um, and he really um you know went toe to toe with Sandler through the whole thing and um did a really. really Great job! I appreciated his performance a lot in this rewatch.
2: Yeah, Christopher McDonald is one of uh, those actors who pops up in a lot of movies. It seems like, and you're absolutely right. Every time I see him in a movie, I'm like, "Oh, hey, look, they're Shooter McGavin." And so, uh yeah, a- again, could be a byproduct. Of how many times I've seen this movie, but. Uh, Yeah, he's iconic in this role. And I I agree, Brad. He goes toe-to-toe with Sandler the the whole way. And this movie is nowhere near as iconic um, or as enjoyable on the uh, who-knows-how-many rewatch if you don't have a villain to kind of go up against Sandler's character throughout the entirety of the thing and and go blow-for-blow with him.
0: Well, part of the hilarity is the fact that I mean, yes, he's a dick, but if you know anything about golf, like he, this, this is asinine that this guy, you know, that happy is able to do the things that he's able to do. And so that, I mean, that those quotes have carried over. I know like me and my friends golf a lot. If someone talks uh, in our backswing or something like that, or someone does something against the golf etiquette on a golf course, you instantly become shooter McGavin. You know, like you, and it, and that's just kind of what we do, and it's joking. But like his his quotes and his lines have lived on almost as much as anybody else's in the movie, because there there is that that side of it. I am curious. I forgot to ask you guys just off the top of your head, like, is this your favorite Adam Sandler movie? Like, what is if you had to pick one? What's the best Adam Sandler movie?
1: I was thinking about that as you guys were talking. I I think that it yeah i'd probably have to go with this one um maybe billy madison um you know if if someone had a strong argument for the water boy um you know i could uh i I could get behind that too but i would say uh i'd say it's probably got to be happy gilmore i I, also a little shout out to big daddy that was uh, a little bit underrated there but i think more just for um I didn't like some of the over-the-top characters that he did. Uh, Bobby Boucher is about the most I can handle. Um, but uh, I liked his more s- subtle sub-Big Daddy. But yeah, I'll go with Happy Gilmore as my favorite.
2: Yeah, and, and for me, it's Happy Gilmore. And, and it's not even particularly close. I, I, and there are other movies that I enjoy of his. And again, Billy Madison, probably the closest to this, but if the four or five that Brad just mentioned are all on TV simultaneously, I may stop for a minute with the others. This one I am liable to stop and then not be off of it until the, the movie's over.
0: I So this is just the little generation gap. Uh, I I think I still have to say that my favorite Adam Sandler movie is Click. Um, that one... Hold on, Brad. That one to me, like... <laughs> Because it's ordering <laughs> off the menu, the it's the over-the-top nature. Like Water Boy, I, I struggle rewatching Water Boy now. Like, there's funny lines in it, but it is just so over-the-top and things like that. Click, it's a wild concept. It's pretty crazy, but the ending of that always breaks me. Like that, that is a really well acted, really well thought out way to like wrap up that story. And the message that you're trying to send, and there are funny moments in it. And so I think it's a pretty good blend of, like, Adam Sandler's actually not a terrible actor, and it is pretty funny. And that was the the one that I, that's the only one I've actually seen in theaters, and it's always just stuck with me. So uh tried not to give Brad a heart attack there, but I, I'm going with Click as, as my favorite Adam Sandler vehicle.
2: I mean, it's a, it's a surprising one, Uh but i I have to give you the nod there click is I don't think is a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination it's probably the the middle ground of him trying to do something semi-serious but also keep some of the stupid comedy in there and it's probably one of the more successful attempts he's had at, at walking the middle road there
0: uh yeah I would agree um Julie Bowen is our female lead in this movie and this She's someone I know, like, she had a pretty successful TV run um, in terms of movies. Again, this is the same with Christopher McDonald. If I do see her, it's, oh, you know, it's uh, the Happy Gilmore Girl. I know that she has popped up in other Adam Sandler things. Um, She's actually fantastic in, like, 15 minutes and Horrible Bosses, if anyone else is a huge fan of that movie. But Um, Really, this is, again, with most of the people on screen in this, it, it comes back to their Happy Gilmore role. And I will say, even, like, you know, Adam Sandler, his buddies all pop up in a lot of his movies. Even the reoccurring people that are in this, I think of Happy Gilmore before I think of their other Adam Sandler roles. Like, when I see Alan Covert, whenever he pops up in things... I think back to the caddy because it's hilarious that he just has this homeless guy be his caddy. Like th- this one does to me stand the test of time of, I do go back to happy Gilmore more than I go back to the other ones in terms of the supporting cast of characters. I don't know if you guys agree with that, but that that's where I always drift back to. Um, I'm kind
1: of say that this is actually the first time that I realized that was Alan covert in this movie. Um, when I watched it this time, um, I never paid that close of attention, I guess, to who the actor was playing the homeless man. And then at the end, when he combs his hair back as they're walking into grandma's house, like, um, I was like, Oh, that's Alan Covert. Like totally didn't even recognize him. Um, so yeah, this is probably one of the films where he has his friends in at the least. Um, and, uh, uh, but Alan Covert does not obviously come up as the caddy for me because, um, yeah, I didn't even know it till this week. So,
2: Yeah, I mean, and uh, a number of these, uh, the different actors, certainly um, for me, they come back to this movie. Uh, same thing for Julie Bowen. I think that the, the last time that I distinctly remember seeing her in something and going, oh, hey, look you know, making that happy Gilmore connection was actually when she, she had a a very bit run, I think in the television show lost um, just a couple of episodes and she popped up in there. And so um, that, that was a connection as well.
0: Uh, And of course, I mean, got to give a shout out to Carl Weathers. I mean, he will always be Apollo Creed in my mind, but uh, the, the close second is uh, Chubbs and, and his wooden hand. So uh, can't not give him a little bit of love there. Um, behind the camera, we had Dennis Dugan, who has teamed up with Adam Sandler on many occasions. Adam Sandler's basically worked on a revolving door of like three directors that have done his movies. Uh, Dennis Dugan have a lot, having a lot of success with him. Happy Gilmore, Big Daddy, The Grown Ups movies. Um, just go with it. Uh, that I mentioned, I enjoyed that one too. We don't need to talk about Jack and Jill. Um, so he he has you know had quite a bit of success. That's a pretty good collection of um, money makers for Adam Sandler. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you guys enjoy grown ups at all. I don't know if you've ever watched the second one, but I know both of them were highly successful. This has obviously been highly successful. So when those two team up uh it, it has worked out really well bonus like little random trivia question did you know that Dennis Dugan is in this movie and who he is yes i, I
1: well i didn't know who Dennis Dugan was until uh i didn't know he was so you just mentioned it but uh he he was the uh the what the golf president i don't know what his title yeah. was in the in the movie but
0: i i knew the name and i recognized that guy as being in other things i just did not know that that guy was a direct but uh, <clears throat> i was going to really enunciate that a director until uh i pulled up and started doing research for this movie and then it all kind of clicked why he pops up in, in the things uh that he does he's had a pretty successful uh run with Mr. Sandler I will say I mean if you attach yourself if you're one of his buddies if you're one of his guys um, you've had quite a long career in Hollywood regardless of what you think uh, about the quality of some of the work if you are a buddy of Adam Sandler you are going to get work for quite a long period of time Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that in the business.
2: Yeah, he he uh, he takes care of his own, and uh, I you know I, I'm actually kind of shocked looking at his filmography that Grown Ups Three has not been greenlit yet because how has that not happened just to get them all back together again?
0: You you'd think that it would. I mean, it's not like they're doing anything else. I mean, I don't, I don't know if Hubie Halloween Two is in the pipe, uh, but Grown Ups Three might as well be. Um, funny enough, Adam Sandler's known. For, oh, never mind. That was Julie Bowen's. I was going to say Hubie Halloween had made it into the known for but it was Julie Bowen I was about to be really upset with IMDB never mind I was right with the world um, little Nikki is still in Adam Sandler's known for so they do need to fix that uh, I think that about covers in front of and behind the camera Brad are you Mike are you ready to take me on in the Rotten Tomatoes game
2: uh, does that mean I, I have to guess first on this thing or you guess first I can, no. I can, ne- I can I, never remember the rules to this game we've been playing for a year I believe I guess first
0: because okay. Brad Brad went uh, beneath me it, last week with Get Out and uh, it was a ninety eight percent one of the the rare some rarefied air there so I do have to guess first to give All you right. the opportunity uh, to snipe me. and it's this is so to comedies so challenging right because who knows especially a nineties comedy with Adam Sandler and clearly critics don't like Adam Sandler uh, we already talked about that. It's got to still be fresh, right? Like it's got to be there. So I'm going to say seventy, and let you decide if the critics show this thing love or if it was just if it was just kind of skirting by.
2: Well, now I now I'm torn, right? So seventy was exactly what I had in my mind. So do I. Do I go do I go north of that which is I mean let's be honest this this should at least be a 98 it's on par with get out probably just a different genre and whatnot um, but uh, or, or do I go and, and hedge it underneath um, I'm going to go under I will I will take uh, 69 and everything underneath there and uh, but if it is, if I'm right that's a travesty <laughs>
1: Well, uh, Mr. Travis T, uh, it is a 61. Um, (laughs) Yeah, huge gap here between the uh, critics and the audience. The audience is at 85. um, So they, uh, like you said, Ethan, are not fans of Adam Sandler. So this comes in at 61, and Mike, uh, again, wins Rotten Tomatoes.
2: Man, okay. Well, at least the fans are... The fans are maybe even a little bit high from what I would expect on this, but I think it's a solid, you know, if you're grading this, it's a solid B movie for what it is. It delivers on what it tried to do, right?
0: Yeah, 100%. I mean, so they made it for $12 million. It grossed only $41 million, which seems low in my mind, but really, I mean, mid-90s, Adam Sandler, this is, I mean, Billy Madison came out before this, but this is really before he went nuclear. Um, so, I mean, it makes back plenty of profit on such a small budget. So, I mean, it was wildly successful. It's just in my mind, I thought it would have made more than that. Um, but definitely was the setup for, you know, the run that he still was about to go on. And I mean, really, you're not going to get into the stuff like stuff like this. Like, yes, is there a romantic side to it? Of course. But like something like 50 first dates or even something like just go with it is always going to make a ton more money because it's even more like I'm sure 51st Dates was like probably a Valentine's Day movie right around that right like that thing probably made a killing um because of the nature of it versus this is a sports comedy about a golf hockey player like but I mean still made a killing so I I apologize if the the critics hurt you Mike but uh I you know I'm actually glad you won that one because I don't want to have to have any part of uh next week's rotten tomatoes battle and for the record uh 51st dates 200 million dollars uh gross for a comedy in the early 2000s so uh my point proven there which is, i mean that's good i i like 51st dates Brad. I, you you were shaking your head there a little bit i i'm a fan of that one but no i mean it,
1: it's good i just that was a really big number uh okay. for how much it earned
2: well, I think you you also have to put yourself back in you know, again, as you pointed out, Ethan. This is just on the heels of Bi- Billy Madison, but you know hadn't had him as a as a uh, you know enterprise take off yet, and it still returned three and a half times the you know what it cost to make it. And I think you're taking a Saturday Night Live guy and making a movie. Even today, if you were taking a member of the cast of Saturday Night Live, making a movie and saying this is going to clear three and a half times what it costs to make it's it they're probably, well, in this day and age, it's not a superhero movie, so they're not doing it. But I would think, rationally, you're going to take that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's keep it rolling, guys. Uh, this this ends up, you know, being a fairly fun segment, maybe more fun than normal with the comedies, but favorite line, favorite scene. Uh, let, let's do favorite scene. We'll save your, your funniest line for the end. But favorite scene from happy Gilmore <laughs> my favorite 10 scenes from happy Gilmore
2: <laughs> is this is just one scene front to back right I mean it, yeah. it's an, that's part of Love when, when the title
0: card appears
2: <laughs> oh my goodness I mean this is it, it is a, a near impossibility um you know it, no surprise with the way I've talked about this This is one of my favorite movies of all time um so it's really hard for me to narrow it down I will go, however, with where my heart uh, has me right now, and it is the putt-putt scene um, all the way through as as poor Chubbs is trying to teach him how to putt, leading to the epic meltdown with the clown. Um, that That is going to go down as my favorite scene for tonight, but uh, if you ask me tomorrow, it'll change.
1: Yeah, I'm there with you, Mike, I think, as I've thought about a lot um i think i'm gonna go with two because uh i have one that's kind of like my um all-time go-to if you would have asked me before i would have said this but then i have one for this rewatch um the the scene for my all-time is the the fight with bob barker i mean that's just <laughs> iconic like you see in this old man rolling around on the ground with adam sandler's just friggin hilarious and then you know uh the price is wrong bitch and you've had enough and you know the whole whole thing is so well done but my favorite scene in uh this rewatch and i don't know why um is uh when the movers were moving the stuff out of grandma's house and they just you know uh what that was will sasso i think um i can't remember for sure but um hits the ball and then you know it's the first time you see how far happy can hit the ball and then he he hits it, I believe, the second time and hits the guy on the porch and then hits it a third time and hits his wife and she falls out of the house. And uh, but that one just cracked me up um on this rewatch. So I'm gonna go with my favorite scene this time was um when Happy learns that he can golf in the front yard.
0: That that's always been my favorite scene is him just off on that house and the guy like you just hit that guy we shouldn't have been standing there like yeah (laughs) (laughs) so i i'm just gonna uh piggyback and agree with you there brad that my favorite scene is him uh hitting balls at that house to to kick off the movie um that will take us into favorite line then um and mike i again if you just want to pull up the script and uh, just do
2: a monologue for us. You may. I, I'm not opposed to it, but uh, I mean, it's a brief movie. You know, uh, I it wouldn't be too long of a podcast if I just went verbatim from memory, right? Oh yeah, Th- um, things a tight ninety minutes. So, so since Brad cheated and gave two, I'm going to give two, and it's it's impossible for me to uh, to to really give you a favorite line from this. So what I'm going to actually give you are the two lines that are most quoted from this movie on a regular basis the first is grandma you didn't pay your taxes well i would have but i didn't have any money right that comes up a lot and then by far number one however is well now your back's gonna hurt because you just pulled landscaping duty Mm -hmm. anybody else's fingers hurt uh, my fingers why, hurt, but but those lines every single time, and you'd be amazed. My how fingers much that, hurt. Now <laughs> your back's gonna hurt because you just pulled <laughs> landscaping duty. You'd be amazed how often that can play in a household, and every single time it slays me. Whether Jenny drops it to me or I drop it to her, or most often one of us drops it to one of our kids.
1: This is not my favorite line, but the other one that you can use so friggin' much if you want to is. You can trouble me for a nice warm glass to shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You could drop I that mean, so easy, but yeah,
2: right. And we we just talked about this entire movie and <laughs> didn't even talk about uh, the, the nice orderly. He seems like a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> the, the,
0: yeah. Is that that's got to be that the bet? Well, uh, is that what's better, White Goodman or the orderly? Like Ben Stiller characters, like. It, the screen time isn't even close but he is perfect in this
2: i appreciate ben stiller for who he is and what he does but in my mind i mean this is just it right i mean ben stiller is the orderly um <laughs> pretty incredible so oh goodness yes but anytime there you go there's your parenting advice right anytime your kid this hurts that hurts well now your back's gonna hurt because you just pulled landscaping duty
1: so I have a nitpick from the scene that my favorite line came from, and I'll tell you the line first, and then I'll tell you what the nitpick is. Um, but for some reason on this rewatch, my favorite line that I just, I could not stop laughing at is when the little um, pale faced white kid with the golden blonde hair is standing there and, you know, he tells them he's his caddy. And then, uh, happy just standing there and they ask him to move and he goes over to the kid and he gets in his face and stares at him and says where were you on that one jackass <laughs> and he just gives him this awkwardly long stare um, and I hadn't noticed that stare before but it's perfect um, as he's just glaring at this kid and that line um, uh, I've, I've had to reuse a lot as well um, but uh, that was my in that scene though is is so the kid runs up grabs his bag sandler tackles him and he says mr gilmore i'm your caddy and happy's just like oh okay why didn't he be like or why didn't he say like what the hell's a caddy or you know he has no idea what golf is the kid says i'm a caddy and he's like oh all right sure you know like that was my one nitpick is he shouldn't he shouldn't have known what a caddy was um or had just been okay with it when that kid said that so um but yeah that that line uh that line was definitely the one that stood out to me this time.
0: I'm just, I like, I have my favorite line picked out, but I just keep scrolling through the IMDB. <laughs> Cause you, know, you said the warm glasses shut the hell up. But I think my favorite part of that is you will go to sleep. Or I will put you to sleep.
2: <laughs> Read the name tag. You're in my world now, grandma.
0: <laughs> um, uh my favorite line on this rewatch had to be uh one that i had completely forgotten about i totally forgot about his girlfriend breaking up with him um but she says all you ever talk about is becoming a pro hockey player but there's a problem you're not any good And his response of i am good you know what you're a lousy kindergarten teacher have you seen those finger paintings you bring home they suck (laughs)
1: I wanna kiss you all over.
0: <laughs> just the complete, Bob, Bob, like Bob. the <laughs> complete misunderstanding, like has of what a kindergarten teacher is. <laughs> to the nightclothesies. Oh yeah, that I. There's so many just little. Oh god, yeah, this movie, chock full of great, great one liners. We wouldn't even have enough. You time. eat.
1: You eat pieces of shit for
0: breakfast? breakfast. No. (laughs) I will tell you one that you said that plays well in a home. Uh, I rewatched this pretty early on in the week. And then as I'm prone to do, you know, I I put my foot in my mouth uh, when having a conversation with my girlfriend. And in response to that, you know, I recalled the movie and, you know, I, I said, like, you're right i'm wrong you're smart (laughs) i'm dumb you're attractive i'm not and she's like what are you like okay what are you doing and then like i showed her the scene and i was told that i'm an idiot but that i think that does play very well that apology she's Uh very well written out you hit all the right points like
2: well, especially when you can deliver it right back after with, well, as long as you're ready to admit that, as soon as you get to the part where you're not good looking.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, I've always been ready to admit that. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, that was our conversation. Laughing our way through Happy Gilmore. Uh, Mike's pick. Uh, some lighthearted, some levity for the month of February. We've had, you know, I mean, with Get Out and <laughs> What's to Come Next Week, we're going to be talking uh, Monsters Ball. Uh, Pretty, pretty groundbreaking film. Uh, You know, we're coming up on the Oscars here. We talk about that a lot. Uh, Was the film that Halle Berry won her Oscar for became the first African American woman to win an Oscar for lead actress. So uh, a a pretty big landmark moment uh, in film and in Hollywood, but certainly I mean, we may end up laughing at each other, uh, but that movie does not provide you many opportunities for humor in it. So got our laughs out, got the ha-has in this week, and we'll certainly be turning the dial back towards the dramatic side of things next week as we wrap up the month of February. But that'll be then. This was Now. This was Happy Gilmore. Other than that, guys, for Mike, for Brad, I'm Ethan, and we'll see you next time.